Psychology in Seattle. So, Umberto, mm. did you did you watch the new HBO documentary on the murder of Heyman Lee, the the case of Adnan Syed? Yes, I did. This this seems like the case that not only will never go away, it just like it keeps growing and intrigue. You know, every every year or so, there's a new some new set of assets to uh, de- uh, deep dive into. But but this was definitely very interesting. I I thought I was done with that topic, and then I saw this thing was coming out, and I was really intrigued. I was and I started watching it. I was like, whoa. Yeah, uh, $20 patron, even more deserving listener, Adam, uh, asked us to talk about it, so I thought we would do it. In one sentence, we'll get into it more later, what do you have to say about the HBO doc? I think, so one of the disadvantages of audio is that, you know, with with the original. With the uh, Serial podcast. Serial, is that. Since, well, one of the advantages is you get to picture the universe in your head. But when you're trying to do documentary stuff, um, you may get it wrong. Right. <laughs> so there were a lot of visuals that I was like, oh, whoa. Like pic- people I didn't picture looking that way at all. Totally. Uh, scenes that completely changed in my mind, like the layout of certain places. Because she actually did a great job of being descriptive. Right. Uh, Sarah Koenig yeah. would describe some of the key players. Right. Like, Jay looks like blah, blah, blah. Right. Uh, Asia looks like she's a beautiful young woman, yeah. blah, 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 nicely dressed. So I'm not going to say she didn't do a good job. It's just once you actually see images, you're like, oh, whoa. Yeah. Anyway, so that was interesting. And then the other one was, man, I don't know how we think we know anything about history because we can barely know facts about an event that apparently has now so much documentation, you know, from just a few years ago. Well, the difference, totally. (laughs) And when it comes to some historical events, like 9-11, for example. So much, so many accounts, so many. Right. You have video and thousands of people, whereas with this, you literally only have two individuals. (laughs) Absolutely. And I guess that is the reason why we know, like, five names in history. (laughs) Yeah. And... Adnan and Jay both have legitimate motivation or reasons right. or incentives to lie. Yeah. Now, my one sentence, that was a very long one sentence. By Sorry, way. I forgot it was one sentence. My, my one sentence is, I thought it was biased, the HBO doc, as it was too far pro-Adnan. Sure. The, the, <laughs> the season one serial podcast, in my view did a good job of going back and forth. If you just yeah. watched the HBO doc, you would have walked away going, Adnan is 100% right. innocent. Free Adnan. And this is ridiculous. Whereas when you really look into it, it's like, eh, I don't know. So by the way, it's, it's, although I totally concur with your assessment, maybe I was pre-biased by having listened to the previous stuff because it wasn't just serial. There was that follow-up. Do you remember? No. Uh, I forget what it was. There was... Anyways, but my point is that I came into it already knowing that there's not going to be good answers. And so as I watched it, I was like, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, yeah but I see what you're saying. Right. Yeah. yeah it, it, exactly. Right. So I listened to the Serial Podcast, and when I watched the HBO doc, I really liked it because I could yeah. see the faces and the places, yeah, yeah. and it sort of reminded me of the different cases. But I kept, say, I kept saying, 
So at what point are you going to go into the evidence that right. Adnan actually did this? Right, right, right. Because you're, you're not talking about any of that. Yeah. I was watching it with my wife, Stacey, and she didn't listen to Serial Podcast, but and we were watching the HBO doc, and she kept getting more and more upset. Like, I can't... Why is this kid in jail? Yeah, and I kept going, well, you kind of have to listen to the podcast. Anyway, did you? so you listened to the Serial Season 1. Yeah. Um, did you like it? Oh, I loved Serial. I was... I thought you hated it because it didn't have an answer in the end. Oh, I don't know what I said at the time, but whatever I said at the time certainly wouldn't have been that I hated it. I, I would have said maybe something like... Oh, I was so upset that we were left in the dark or something. Maybe. I don't really remember. But what I, I will say is I enjoyed every bit of it. It was it was really cool. What what maybe I, I might have said if there was anything was that in her attempt to actually make the narrative build up in suspense towards the latter parts, she kind of uh, boxed herself into a corner a bit. But it was a bold, bold risk that she took, and she really didn't know where it was going to go. Uh, and and if anything, we learned, oh, wow, these things are not simple. Right. But it's very This American Life, which is where she came from. Which so, I, didn't, I didn't know. Like, yeah. I never followed This American Life. In fact, I suspect that this was originally going to be a short piece mm. for This American Life, and then it grew into something bigger. So in this episode, we're going to talk about the different theories as to, you know, what... Because right. I think after watching the doc, after listening to Serial, I, I kept... Because the different theories, the different potential murderers of right. Heyman Lee, kind of, especially in the HBO doc, come like blazing past your eyes. Yeah. Was it Donnie? Was it Jay? Was it Adnan? Was it this other guy? And I just wanted to sit down and really kind of sift through the evidence Right. For and the evidence against. And then we'll also talk about, you know, societally, like, why are we focused on this? You know, what's, what does it mean for us right. more broadly? These are very long sentences. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Psychology in Seattle podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kirk Honda. I'm a therapist, a professor, and someone that doesn't understand the meaning of semicolons that can combine many sentences together. Who are you, Berto? <laughs> My name is Umberto Castaneda, and I train uh, pigs to forage for chocolate uh, truffles. So, caveat here. Some people have really strong feelings about this on the internet. Mm, not right? another MJ thing, do we? I think it's a similar Michael Jackson thing. Jeez. Uh, some people are 100% sure that Adnan did it. Yeah. Some people are 100% sure that he did not do it. Right. And what I'll say as a introduction to that idea is no one knows. There's right. evidence and there's uh, you can you can land on a particular theory that you think is most likely. But from my review of the evidence, there's no way to really know what happened. Yeah. It's just there's the police didn't do a good enough job, really, of like gathering enough evidence to really have any idea because they were so focused on Adnan. Yeah. And they also, long story short, we'll get into this later, they fucked up the data by convoluting Jay's account. They kept, yeah. they, they clear, that was another thing from the HBO doc that I didn't really get from the Serial podcast was because they recreate the interrogation of mm -hmm. Jay and they show, oh, you can hear him tapping on the table you know like when you see that visual it i mean of course we don't know they could be just creating this you know yeah. this false narrative but it was a very compelling narrative right. that the police were trying to guide jay towards a particular thing right. so if you have no idea who adnan syed is and Heyman lee i recommend you either just watch a youtube video on it or 
listen, I highly recommend you listen to the Serial Season 1 podcast uh, and or just watch the HBO doc. As another caveat here is the, this story is about real people. This is not Game of Thrones. This is not Avengers. This is not Star Wars. Right. These are real human beings. Heyman Lee was a real young woman who was murdered by somebody and buried in yep. the woods. And she, they have a family. And this happened almost 20 years ago. Actually, exactly what? 20 years ago. Yeah. Is it, that long now? It was, it was 1999. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It was January. Yeah, right. It was January night. That's insane. Yeah, I think January. Because first of all, how long ago was Serial? Don't say it was 10 years ago. It was five years ago. Okay, good. So, But still, so when Serial came out, I was in my head, I was like, okay, so this thing sounds like it happened five years ago. I know they said the date. It just didn't connect. Yeah. That's well, that crazy. was one of the big things that, that Sarah Koenig was pointing out was one of the biggest hangups is that Adnan doesn't remember what happened that day. And Sarah Koenig's like, do you remember what happened on yeah. January 13th, right. 1999? Most people don't remember what happened that day. Right. And, and, and you can look at it two ways. I remember this. One way is like, well, you would if you killed someone. It's like, yeah, but if you didn't, would you? Well, you would if your girlfriend went missing. But up until that moment, would you? Like, there's all these questions. Well, they were ex by that point anyway. Right. So. Well, but he cared. I mean, he cared yeah. about her. Right. And any, I mean, if anyone in your life goes missing, you would imagine, but it's not like a car accident where all of a sudden everything in your brain starts storing every little detail. Up until the moment later that day where he heard that maybe she was missing, why would he have been particularly storing everything? Right. I challenge everyone to think back to last Tuesday. Yeah. Do you know what you did? No. You know, and let's extend that like another couple months Will you remember what you did that right. day? I don't know what I did 30 minutes ago. <laughs> right. Now, some people might. There's, there's yeah. sometimes different markers like, well, that was my birthday, and I remember. Yeah. Or you get in a car crash, and you absolutely remember those kinds of things. Uh, but And then the other side of the coin is some of you think you remember for sure, right. and you actually don't. Um, you know, Evidence has proven time and time again that your memories are malleable. So here's an example. Um, nineteen. This is a little longer ago, but nineteen ninety three, uh, November nineteen ninety three, I got in a car crash that nearly killed me. I was in the passenger seat, and I remember the events uh, ten minutes before that car crash really well. And I remember coming to when the paramedics pulling me out, cutting me out of the car. Right. And I remember so, stuff like that. Right. So actually, there is neuroscience around that in right. that I think it's the hypothalamus, not sure. There's certain processes in the brain that when we have stress hormones, we ha it kicks in a different or a, a, it, it revs up a function of the brain to remember details. Right. So we can like avoid that next time. Right. But ask me what I did an hour before the crash. Right. Ask me two hours. Ask me that morning. Or that, that next week. An impossible. Right. And yet that was one of the most vivid moments of my life. Yeah. So I, I absolutely... Now, that was a long, long time ago. But even, like you said, even a year ago, like important things that happened... Like my birthday. Uh, let's take my 40th birthday. Big, big event, right? I remember my party. We had karaoke. We had this thing. What did I do that morning? 
Yeah. On my 40th birthday. And I also think that in today's world, it's hard to relate to yeah. because most of us could just go to our Google calendar. <laughs> Instagram. <laughs> or, yeah, Instagram yeah. and know exactly what we were doing right. and where we were. Right. Also, I'm guessing that most of our phones, whether we know it or not, are actually tracking our every move. Right. <laughs> and we could probably, like, call Google or Apple and say, could you just send me... <laughs> all my GPS data in the past month, and they'd be like, here you go. We've <laughs> yeah. been monitoring this for all of our advertisers for a long time. Um, so these are real people. This is not a soap opera. We have to be very careful and remember, as we're talking about this, that the Heyman Lee is dead. You know, that's we know that for sure. And the family is mourning that, and they're probably still mourning it, and having this dredged up in the media is not a happy thing for them, especially because they were very busted up about this and Adnan was convicted. Yeah, and he is in jail. And he so is in jail. that's the other thing. The other party in this question so, has been in jail for 20 years. Well, right? or before I get to... Well, so just on that, it's like, yeah, Adnan's family believe that he didn't do it. So they're very upset about it, obviously. And if Adnan didn't do it, then his life has been ruined because of this. Right. But the victim's family, they believe that Adnan did it. Yeah. A jury believed Adnan did it. The highest court in Maryland overturned the appeal because they think the evidence is good enough for us. Right. So why would you not believe, if you were Heyman Lee's family, that Adnan, you know, yeah. you're just like, well, we've already established this 20 years ago. Why... Is society and why is this HBO documentary so biased, uh, you know, against reality, you know, from their point of view? And so we just have to, as we talk about these theories, we have to really think about what it, what it would be like to these people. Another angle here is the theories involve all these other men, like Donnie and yeah. Jay, and we have to think about them, you know. Donnie, for example, the boyfriend at the time yep. of Heyman Lee, has been speculated by literally millions of people on the internet right. to be a cold-blooded murderer. I'm sure he's gotten death threats and a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. And we just have to think about him, if he's innocent, which is likely, yeah. how fucked right. would this be? I mean, imagine you have a girlfriend and she gets abducted randomly one day mm -hmm. and killed, and you're very sad about this. Yeah, devastated, and yet now... Ever, and, the world comes down on you. Yeah. And it, it's like, how is that fair? So as we talk about this, we just have to be yeah. very careful about what we say and what we do with that information and how how we move forward, you know? And one, one challenge, honestly, is that uh, I think because of the OJ trial, although there was that one before that, but I think because of the OJ trial this kind of stuff got turned into entertainment and we all from that age got conditioned like, Oh, this is entertainment. Even though we may not have said it literally. And to make it worse, when the verdict came down, what, whatever side you were on, you, you were either already feeling like there is no justice in this country. Cause I can't believe we're even asking this question or there is no justice in this country. Cause I can't believe the, the verdict, you know, like that kind of thing. So and and then we've seen more and more examples over the years. So I think there's a lot of folks that just don't trust 
therefore, so what if a court convicted or, or the flip side, right? Like, like, yeah, the court convicted, but it's not punishment enough or something, you know, it's. Yeah. And we could blame serial to some extent and all the other criminal podcasts out there for also creating this soap opera culture around quote unquote true crime. Yep. True crime means true individuals are involved here. It's not a soap opera. It's not an Avengers movie. It's a real thing that happened. And so we just have to be, I don't know. I just, we, Cause I'm just imagining if I was Heyman Lee's mother, I would just be like Americans like knock it off. You watched a stupid TV show and you think, you know what happened? Right. I was in the courtroom. I yeah. saw the evidence laid out against Adnan. Uh, I saw the jury. Del- I, they went behind closed doors. They thought about it, right. and it's you are all idiots. Uh, I, I get. I see how you think. Maybe he didn't do it because of the shit you've watched, which is trying to manipulate you. Because the the story by HBO is apparently to the producers of. So Serial sat down and they're like, okay, we're going to report on this. And we're going to show both sides. We're really going to try. We're going to try to show one side, which is Adnan did it and all like that. And we're going to show another side, which is Adnan didn't do it. Right. And in the end, Sarah Koenig, I'm going to say, I have no idea. There are times when I think he did it. And there are times when I think he absolutely didn't do it. I don't know. It's hard to know. What I do know is that there's enough reasonable doubt that he shouldn't have been convicted because the Defense didn't do a good enough job. The prosecution right. didn't make a very clear, consistent case. Jay's account was all over the place. So that was the gestalt that Sarah Koenig put forward. Yeah. Sarah Koenig and Serial got a lot of flack at the end of that because people wanted an answer. Sure, right. And then everyone starts gravitating toward, towards an answer. And, you know, that, that just doesn't make any sense. And so, anyway, I can't remember where I was going with that, but... Well, just the difference between kind of coming into it to see where the data takes you versus coming into it with a perspective. Oh, I was talking from the man, woman, the, uh, the Heyman Lee's mother's point of view. So HBO came in with, with – so, so Serial came in with the perspective, where we're going to show both sides because that's very This American Life. As an example, This American Life is primarily a liberal audience and a liberal producer – but they do a lot of episodes that are pro-Republican. Or not pro-Republican, but like humanizes Republicans. And so uh, they really try to be as balanced oh, as see. possible. And anyway, so and I think Serial tried to I – th- I think they really just – That's kind of their DNA is to do that. Right. So whereas the HBO documentary, those people sat down and said, okay, how can we incense the public – is I think what they were getting after. Mm. How can we get the public to think that the police are, and the prosecutors are idiots and maybe even Heyman Lee's family are idiots? You know what I mean? Do you think there was sort of a bit of the, hey, uh, America, or some portion of Americans are starting to really hate Islam and Muslims and minorities. And so uh, we see an angle here, and maybe not even cynically, where we think that, the preconceived notions condemned this person. I think that they played into that a little bit, but honestly, 
they didn't play that card very much. I think the main card they played was how shoddy police and prosecutors can their work can be and also how political offices, you know, when the prosecutors running for office, yeah. how that can how that system is is broken. But I think the main thing they were trying to point out was that uh, police officers, investigators and prosecutors have a they're just bad. I mean, the, you know, the one thing yeah. you walk away from from that HBO doc is like the prosecutor is bad. The highest court in Maryland is bad. The police officers who right. interrogated Jay, they're corrupt. I mean, maybe they thought they were doing a good thing because they thought Adnan did it or maybe Adnan did do it. Mm-hmm. But the way they went about this was just ridiculous. There was no redeeming quality of the police officers involved. There was no redeeming quality of the prosecutor and and. And so I think that's the angle they were going after. And so if you, I was Heyman Lee's family, I'd just be like, America, don't you realize the HBO doc has an angle they're trying to push yeah. that uh, th- there's a whole other side to the story that this quote unquote documentary isn't even presenting. Yeah, totally. I, I, I could see the counter and I, and I understand the pain to the family. That makes a lot of sense. I could see the counter being like, well, look, she is dead. She, she's dead. She's not coming back. This dude is in jail now for 20 years or whatever, how long has it been. Uh, and so that's the angle we're trying to go with. You know? And great, you know, yeah. but there's another angle, which is, so, so the HBO doc, people sit down and they go, okay, they probably had like a race board, dry race board, and right. they had, okay, what angle? One of the angles that if they're brainstorming is, well, let's do the angle that Adnan did it. Right. Because they could have done that. And- that's not very entertaining. But I wonder how like, this... Oh, this guy killed his girlfriend and he's been in prison. That's, right. that's not an interesting story. Sure. I, I wonder why this topic came back up. Like, it, you, know, you know what I well, mean? Well, it like, came wh- back up because after this... So we'll get into that, actually. Oh, okay. Now, the other... I'm still in the caveat section, by the way. The other caveat, the last caveat here is I'm going to get details wrong. And so I, I need you out there to deal with it. And I need you to c- control your comment rage. As I've said in other episodes, if I get one thing wrong, then keep it to yourself. If, if I get five things wrong, five things, maybe think about commenting. If I get 10 things wrong, absolutely comment. So if it's just one or two things, I don't want to hear it. I really just don't. This isn't a journalistic document of the facts. If you want that, there are other sources. I recommend the Serial Podcast for a detail of all the different facts. And that, that podcast is like, I don't know, several hours long. So there's, cause there's just so many different details. Um, all right. So going into some of the details, we have Heyman Lee, who was born 1980, born in South Korea. She emigrated with her mother and brother in 1992 to Maryland, Baltimore County. She was a high school senior at the time of the murder. She went to Woodlawn High School. She played lacrosse and field hockey. That was another great thing about the documentary. It was like, I finally got to see a picture of Heyman Lee. Right. Like, yeah. I never saw her. And, and they had all that footage of her videos and pictures and, you know, yeah. kind of stuff. Right. And inter- she was, like, interviewed for a TV spot or something. She disappeared on January 13th, 1999. And... She was supposed to pick up her younger cousin from daycare after school at 3.15, and she never showed. So at, from the time she got into her car at school, after that point, she was going straight to the daycare to get her younger cousin, and she disappeared. 
Her body was found four weeks later in Lincoln Park. And while they were saying that in the documentary, I kept thinking it was Lincoln, yeah. like President Lincoln. And then it's Lincoln, like Lincoln. There's a leak in the bathroom. It's Lincoln. Lincoln Park, which I found for some reason aggravating that it's not Lincoln. Right. Because like, you like the band. <laughs> yeah. The victim, uh, it seemed that Heyman Lee was murdered by strangulation. Adnan Syed was her ex-boyfriend at the time of her disappearance. He was a high school kid in a Muslim American family. He was born in the States to immigrant parents. He was popular, smart. He played football. He was convicted of the murder a year later in February 2000, first-degree murder, and he was given a life sentence plus 30 years. It was a small case. It was locally famous for a little bit, but it got forgotten after a little bit of time, which makes sense because it's, it's not that fascinating on the surface. Then Sarah Koenig comes along from This American Life, which is one of my favorite podcasts, especially back then, and she starts looking into it, like I said, I think it's, it was probably a small story for This American Life or maybe one full episode. I'm guessing that she and Ira Glass figured out over time that it was becoming bigger than one episode. And so they decided in this, I think, uh, this unprecedented move by This American Life, they decided to create an offshoot podcast called Serial, which was released in 2014. It became massively famous I think it had all the elements that it needed to be like the first famous podcast because mm. podcasts were on the rise. It was a crime podcast, but right. it was made by the This American Life people who have been making radio and podcasts for years. And so they knew exactly how to make something interesting. It had a, you know, Korean American, it had a Muslim American, it had an African American. It was in, you know, the United States. It just yeah. had all the kind of interesting elements, elements. I suppose. And Sarah Koenig had these long recorded conversations with Adnan in prison, which, and Adnan is very articulate. He just, he's just talking and he, he reveals a lot of things. And yeah. so it's just all, just like a lot of interesting things. By, uh, by the way, uh, that was one of my memories of Serial that can, can never jived with me. And maybe it was because it had been so long, but he just seemed resigned with the whole thing. Yeah. Every now and then he'd express a little frustration, but a lot of times he'd be like, oh, yeah, I mean, like, we were just doing this. Oh, I was just, uh, you know, I would just take her to the, it was like this very, like, I'm telling some story about something I did rather than, like, you do not understand. Like, I am now five years in this place. I don't believe you like that kind of thing, which is what I would imagine I would never shut up about. But I guess different people are different and it had been a while. I don't know. It's just, I always was like, why are you so okay with this? I think it's hard to predict how we would be in a situation like that. Obviously, if we were innocent, there would be a time where we'd be, really be focused on that. But by the time he was being interviewed for Serial, it, he'd been in prison for 15 years, like 14 years. Yeah. And by that point, you could imagine that you're no longer upset. <laughs> you're just like, this is my life now. Now, Maybe not, though. Maybe, maybe. Anyway, yeah. The Serial podcast broke records for the fastest podcast to ever reach five million downloads on iTunes. Uh, it had three point four million downloads for each episode in in twenty fourteen. I'm sure it has a lot more now. Uh, when I heard, so I was a This American Life listener, and they started advertising Serial right. before it even came out. You know, Ira Glass would come on and say, "We have this new podcast called Serial. Oh, okay. We recommend everyone subscribe." So I subscribed to it. 
And then when all the episodes started coming out, I started listening to it. And then about halfway through the season, I started hearing other people talk about Serial. Yeah. Like, oh, have you listened to Serial? You know, and then the news was talking about the Serial podcast and right. what's going to happen and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, well, to me, why this podcast? Yeah. Because I listen to hundreds of podcasts. Right. All of them equally as good in my mind. And Serial is just another one of those podcasts. And I did actually, at the time, didn't think that Serial had really anything special about it. There's so many other podcasts that are great. And... I'm still kind of boggled by it. Yeah. You know, why that one? And I think it, to me, total armchair analysis is, I think that they somehow, it, it there was all this pressure because there was a lot of good quality podcasts that were out. It's sort of like for every Ariata Grande, there are thousands of other yeah. equally talented, equally cute, equally, uh, you know, I don't know, interesting in terms of their personality. Sure. And there's just one that emerges. You know, you can only have one Ariana Grande. Right. You can only have one massive podcast that emerges as the first thing. You know, you, you, might, can, you might be able to have like three or four Ariana Pequena, but not Ariana Grandes. So that's my thinking because, I, and I, the other thing was people who, you know, what I would consider to be like, um, fair, fair weather fans of podcasts suddenly were listening to podcasts and, you know, people who had never listened <laughs> like, to... A, like me. <laughs> yeah, they'd never listened to a podcast before. They're like, oh my God, have you listened to this podcast? And I'm like, yeah, I've been listening to it for a while and I've been listening to Sarah Koenig on In My Ears for a long time and Ira Glass. I mean... I, I just found it to be like weird. It was like, why this one? Yeah, I can understand that. So for me, uh, when actually, when you and I met, I was listening to podcasts. Uh, I, I would listen to The Brainy Gamer... And there were a few... Way other, back then. Way back then, yeah. So early podcast. Yeah, yeah. But to me, it was just like, oh, I'm going to go running, so I need something to listen to. Okay, I'll just listen to this stuff, right? And I thought it was great. And that was before there was a lot of YouTube content that I could listen to like that. But then I kind of stopped uh, after a while. And then I hadn't really listened to podcasts. So when Serial was making like the, the buzz, I actually didn't even know it was a podcast. I heard blah, 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 Serial. Are you watching Serial? Or are you, you know, are you up to date on Serial? Whatever. I thought it was a show, like a TV show. And I thought it was a serial killer TV show. I'm like, oh, what's this? A serial killer or something. And when I found out it was a podcast, I was really surprised. I'm like, what? Everyone's up in arms or up in cahoots. about?" Uh, and so I, I gave it a shot. I'm like, this must be quite interesting. And I mean, it was, and I think what, what it was is that it was like 24 in real life, you know, this cliffhanger after cliffhanger after cliffhanger. So then in 2016, after the podcast comes out, the, so after the podcast comes out, there's tons of energy around free Adnan, or at least let's relook at the data and the evidence. And so in 2016, a judge vacated Adnan's conviction and ordered a new trial, basically what they, the judge found was that the, the lawyer who defended Adnan was ineffective. Yeah. We and, knew that from the serial. Remember? Well, we suspected it, at least from the data they put forward. That it was scandalous. Like, yeah. What she, what she was saying about him, it was like, oh, my God. He seems incompetent. No, it was a woman. Or she, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Who died, actually, shortly after the trial. Oh, I feel bad about that. No, it's okay. <laughs> but <laughs> she was incompetent. <laughs> so, so the speculation, there's no way to know, is that... Uh, well, they do know she suffered from MS, 
and that's what she died from, mm-hmm. like just a couple years, a few years later after the trial. And M- MS can affect you. Oh, God, I feel so, like such a dick. Oh, he was a dick. It's a she. Well, whatever, her. She died of MS, and that might have been affected. Oh, Jesus. So <laughs> the idea is, is that, and she was actually, from my memory, again, this is potentially one of those inaccuracies that you have to start yeah. chalking up. Only comment if you get 10, is that she was, um, she was disbarred only a couple years after the trial, and I think the speculation was that her MS had sort of caught up to her to such a degree mm. that other people were looking at her and saying, like, you can't practice anymore. I see. So rewind the tape to, 19, or to the year 2000, and she was probably developing symptoms. Because from all accounts, she was, a, she was an effective attorney, attorney before that. Okay. So I'm in my position, too. It may not have been her fault, but it did seem to be that, she, that dro- balls were being dropped. Right. One being that she didn't reach out to Asia, who literally had an alibi for Adnan and had come forward to the family within days of Adnan being accused and wrote an affidavit handwritten and gave it to the family and said, I attest to my memory of the day in question. I saw him at school, which would make it impossible for him to have killed Heyman Lee in the time frame that the right. prosecution is laying out. The fact that the counsel didn't reach out to her is ridiculous. I mean, at least just like, you know, hey, can I have the affidavit? Let's right. let's get you on the stand. Um, at least create some reasonable doubt. You know what I mean? Yep. Also, the the defense team didn't catch the cell phone disclaimer that the phone data was not reliable because the prosecution, one of their main pieces of evidence was that the cell phone uh, data was absolutely rock solid when it it wasn't. Um, So the judge vacates Adnan's conviction and says, we need a new trial. This is huge news for team Adnan and tells us that podcasts can change lives. Uh, 2018, two years later, the Maryland court of special appeals was asked by the prosecution to reverse the vacated conviction, but the Court of Appeals actually upheld the decision to grant a new trial. And at this point, and this this was interesting in the documentary, it happens at the very end, we learn that the prosecution offers a settlement. They say, we want Adnan to admit that he did it, and he's only going to get four more years. <laughs> and as I'm watching the HBO doc, me and Stacy were talking, and I'm like, he needs to take that deal. Like, uh-huh. I get it that he doesn't want to admit that he did it because he doesn't, if he didn't do it, he doesn't want to admit it. I get that. But dude, you've been in prison for almost 20 years. One, four more years is not that big of a deal. You'll be out by the time you're about 40 years old. Two, it could take four more years for the appellate process to work out and another four years for your for your uh, criminal hearing to take place. Like courts take forever. You know what I mean? What a... Sophie's choice if he's innocent. Well, to me, it's not so much of a Sophie's choice. If he's innocent. Well, I have to say I'd take it. I would be like, okay, in court, I'll say if I did. So let's say I didn't do it. I would be like, okay, yes, I did it. You're right. And then as soon as I left the courtroom, I'd be like, fuck, no, I didn't do it. And here's yeah, why. I know. I don't care about a goddamn court. You know what I mean? Well, I, I know. Just I got, like you were saying earlier, it's hard to know how we would react in the actual situation. Because my feeling is that I've been in jail this long already for a crime I didn't commit. And 
I guess based on my personality, I would want retribution so badly. So the one thing I would want more than anything is for my name to be cleared. Great. No matter how long it took. But having watched so many documentaries like Making a Murderer and all that kind of stuff, what I do know is that when you're given a deal, you take it. It's like, you know, deal or no deal with... Howie uh, Mandel, when when you get that deal of like seventy five thousand dollars, and you know there's one or two cases left open with the million dollars in it, chances are you're not going to get that million dollars. Man, that's seventy five grand right there. Like you take that deal. So when you get a deal of four more years, and all you have to do is admit it in court, and then and, and you know walk out of court and go like. Nope, didn't do it. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, man. If the Howie Mandel million-dollar suitcase meant that I had to admit that I like chocolate-covered raspberries, I still wouldn't do it. And then two <laughs> seconds later in the documentary, 2019, this year, the the highest court in Maryland overturned the decision to yeah. vacate. So Adnan is now back to life in prison plus 30 years. And <sighs> the only way to overturn that is to go to the Supreme, Supreme court. court, which there's no way they're going to see this case. So uh, he's done. He's done. And the, you know, the defense team's like, we're going to keep fighting. And I'm like, for what? Yeah. what you've already, unless new evidence comes forward, which is not likely, yeah. you're done. I mean, this so, was the- so odd not, that's, that's not, he should have taken the deal. No, I, I hear you from well, that He'll be in prison for the re- He's going to die in prison. I understand that perspective, but he didn't take the deal. And doesn't that make it even worse? Wouldn't that almost be like, oh, wait a minute. What? Maybe he is innocent. Well, so that's what Stacy was saying. She, she was like, well, that really proves his innocence, you know? Not proves, but... I, I don't think so. Like, I could see someone who, quote unquote, did it. Not quote unquote, did it. I could see someone who did it and just digging their heels in and saying, I might be able to get away. Not only will I get out of jail, but I'll be able to convince the world I didn't do it. Like, how great would that be? It, it just doesn't seem like someone who would kill and then lie about it for 20 years would be like, yeah, I'm just going to keep lying about it and roll the dice when he could literally be free and having, like, who cares if he's, like, I'm, I, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't mean from, it wouldn't happen. It can, I mean, what data are you going off? Just like your own gut? Because someone could say to themselves, okay, I did it. And I'm confident, because at that point in the documentary, the HBO documentary, I was pretty confident that the highest court in Maryland was going to uphold the two previous courts. You know, you had one court that came forward and said, yes, we need a new, new, new trial. They go up another level. The next court, the, high, the higher court says, yes, we affirm. There needs to be a new trial. You. You, you go to the next, you're, and then you're about to go to the next court, and you're like, well, surely they're all going to rule in, in favor of me. Yeah, why but why would, would you want a trial? If, there's a, if you did it, why would you want a trial? Like, Occam's Razor here would say, human motivation on the one side is, damn it, I've been innocent this whole time. I'm not going to say I'm guilty, right? Look, I'm not on the saying, other side, I'm not would saying say, you're wrong. I'm just saying there's no way to know. I mean, well, I know, but, I but could I, see you're giving happening. it a 50-50. I'm, I'm not giving it, I have no clue. Well, I'm saying we have a clue because... Humans aren't that random. That's my point. We are not that random of creatures. Like, no, we're not, I'm not saying random. It I'm seems saying, more likely that someone who's innocent would go till the end to not admit that they were guilty. Do you know how many people in prison 
have not admitted that they did what they did, yeah. even though they did it. But did they get offered a deal to get out sooner? Maybe. No, we don't know that. You're just adding that. You don't know that either. Well, but it, it's not likely. It's just you not don't likely. know that. It's not likely, man. Come on. To your gut. I want to see the data. I, I actually would, would say that anyone who is a criminal or who has committed real crimes is the kind of person that would absolutely err in the, in the favor of getting away with stuff rather than, sure, I'll say whatever you want me. It's an excellent speculation. I, it, it, like, <laughs> it takes way more like suspension of disbelief to believe that he is innocent and he was... So you believe he's innocent? Yeah, yeah absolutely. You're 100%. No, no, no. I'm saying that because of this... I am way more on the innocent camp now. What's your I'm, percentage? Uh, I would go 70. So, okay. So 30% of you believes that he could have not taken the deal. Yeah. Okay. Because okay. he might be mentally not right. Well, whatever the case is. No, no. Like, not he, because he was, like, lodging it through. Like, I mean, he, he's been in jail for 20 years. He may have, in fact, not been thinking straight, right? He may have been being ill-advised, all those kinds of things. Okay. But I'm just saying, it's like, it skews the percentages for me. All right, let's take a break, and when we get back, let's go into the different theories. What do you say? Let's do it. All right, we're back from the break. If you haven't become a patron of the podcast, do so now. Go to patreon.com. When you become a patron, you get access to our premium episodes in which they don't have any advertisements. So if you're listening to the free feed... You get all these, you know, advertisements, and in the if you which are great, they're great products. You should buy all of them. Yeah, uh, probably not. Honestly, who knows? Who knows? So we don't choose the ads. You know, they they just get actually. Pop- they're all terrible. Do not buy any of them. <laughs> um, I think there are a lot of Geico ads. Honestly, from oh from well, then great. I have Geico. You do? I have good news, by the way. What? I saved some money on my car insurance. Do you really have Geico? <laughs> I do. I I don't think I've ever met anyone who had Geico. You're kidding me. It's a popular one. Also, we have a scholarship, $2,500. It's our second scholarship. We want to give it to a needy student in mental health, so someone who's studying to become a clinician. And if you want to get that money, $2,500, you want to go to our website and apply there. There's a tab there. There's a form fill out. Fill it out by June 30th. Some of you are submitting answers. So there's an essay section. And some of you are submitting answers that are extremely short, like one or two sentences. And if you're confident you can really s- summarize your entire appeal in just a couple sentences, then I encourage you to do that. I'm guessing a couple sentences are not going to be as convincing as if you provide a number of paragraphs. There's enough space there to write 750 words. Right. I encourage you to, you know. Elaborate ch- a little bit. <laughs> right. Um, think of it as an essay. Think of Unless it as- you can say, like, I invented Sigmund Freud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I invented Sigmund Freud. Um, yeah. So, Birdo is on YouTube at uh, Psycho Birdo. Psycho Berto. So, watch his videos in which he talks about He-Man. <laughs> okay, so... Oh, by the way, at what? the end of Serial... Uh, I would have, I think I was about probably 60, 40, he was guilty. Because mm. I, I really was like, yeah, that evidence seems fishy, but I really think he did it. You know, that's kind of where I was at. Yeah. yeah. I don't remember where I was at. I was so confused that I actually asked some people who work in law. Yeah. And I asked them, and I remember them saying, I think they, I remember them saying, I think Adnan did it. Yeah. 
I think there's another sort of gender thing. I think a lot of women tend to think that Adnan didn't do it. In my, this is anecdotal mm. completely. I find that a lot of women think he didn't do it, and a lot he's of nice. <laughs> well, he I sounds don't know. nice or something. I don't know. And then a lot of men in my circle think he did it. Oh, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know what that means. I, I will admit that to me, the three determinants were one. Well, there were there were facts that seemed against him. You know, that was a, that was true, especially in the podcast, especially in the podcast that weren't at all illuminated. That's fair totally in the documentary. Fair. The second part was that, um, you know, his timeline didn't really work out. Like you know how he described his timeline of what he he had done and stuff like that. Uh, and I know he technically had this alibi, but you know she could have been lying all these things. And but lastly, and this is totally subjective, was that that fact where for me, I just couldn't believe his voicing would come from someone that was actually innocent, like the way he would talk. But you make a, an excellent point, which is yeah, it had been a long ass time, and I was just making my own point about how like, you know, you know, how would someone do this if they that? So really, it is hard to know. <laughs> well, no, I, I agree that one of the markers of a liar is they tend to talk slower. Like right now, I'm not lying and I can speak as fast as I want because I don't have to think of my words. I'm just, I'm just free-flowing, blah, 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 blah. Like today, I ate crackers for breakfast. Who eats, who eats crackers? I had crackers and yogurt and I had uh, green juice and I had, I think I had salsa with, with it as well. <laughs> so, All true. <laughs> now, if I had to lie, especially about events that are more significant, yeah. like whether or not I killed someone yeah. and my attitudes about that and my emotional reactivity after the fact or something then I'm going to have to slow down because if I don't, if I'm not careful, I'm going to say something not only that was true, that would right. you know, incriminate me, or I might not tell a lie that's consistent with the other lies. Right. You know, when I'm just speaking like this, I can just speak from a very, there's a free flowing path of neurons between mm-hmm. my thought processes and my speech you know, process. And you're Where, not afraid. You're yeah. just, Whereas when you're lying, especially to a journalist over the phone while you're in prison, who you know is going to put this out there for everyone to listen right. to, you have to think, you have to involve not only those processes, but you have to check in with your memory of, okay, what was my lie before? Right. What's been my lie? What, how, what tone did I have about that lie? Where is this lie going? How should I, how should I emphasize the emotion yeah, behind yeah. this lie to make it seem like it's believable? And that really slows you down. Adnan mm. speaks very much off the cuff yeah. when he's on the phone with Sarah yeah, Koenig. Totally. And that, to me, was absolutely a, a tick on the side that he didn't do it. Which is funny because I, I totally didn't even think about that. I was referring to how he seemed so okay with his status in life. And I was like, how could you be so okay if you're innocent, right? But you're actually looking at this other marker, which is he's just talking freely. He's not carefully guarding every single word. Uh, hey. By the way, totally unrelated, uh, uh, our attorney general speaks very slowly. But anyways, keep going. What were you saying? <laughs> uh, yeah. And our president should probably speak slower. <laughs> Uh, what, okay. So what does the, so before we go into the different, I have nine hypotheses that I thought of, and maybe you have more, but before we get into that, before we get into that, we've already touched on some of these. What does this case say about our society? Okay. Uh, well, we've already mentioned a couple. Yeah. I mean, what, one of them for sure is we don't have, we don't have a good way to adjudicate even with DNA now and all these things. Uh, what really happened in a closed room or, you know, in when we're, no one's watching. It's really hard. 
and th- and the kind of the corollary of that. But everyone sure as hell has a strong opinion about what happened. Right, and that's what bothers <laughs> me is that yeah. it tells it's that's a one thing that this really illuminates yeah. is that we have a cognitive bias toward wanting to know something and right. not be ambiguous. We don't like gray zones. No, we we don't want to say. Well, Donald Trump is good in this way, and he's bad in this way. We don't want to do that. We want to say he's all good or he's all bad. Yeah, what's the final? Give me the final. We, 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 well, to me, the final is he's gray. Like, why <laughs> yeah. not? You know, you know, we want to know, is, is Adnan innocent or is he guilty? Right. We don't want to spend time on a documentary or a podcast for a number of hours and the answer be, I don't know. And we had trained hard that way, right? Like, you, people don't ask... What were your college years like? People ask, what was your GPA? Yeah. And it's not like, what was your GPA third quarter? No. What was your GPA? Period. Right. End of sentence. Right. Like at Antioch, <laughs> for example, we don't give grades. Mm. We give what we call narrative evaluations. Oh, nice. Which is commentary on what you did. Okay. Well, what was the final punctuation mark of your narrative evaluation? Right. And, <laughs> and so students, uh, some of them, it really drives them crazy because wow. they're like, well, so how did I do? Like, right. how do, how do I rank against other people? And, and we do actually have some markers of like how competent they, they sure. demonstrated and people are always drawing correlations between that oh. and grades. And what I'm always telling them is you could be so according to essentially, if you look, look at a grade thing is let's say you have a graduate student in my program and they get quote unquote, all F's uh-huh. for the first 95% of their courses. Uh-huh. But in their final quarter, they get an A plus uh-huh. for, and in that final quarter, they're evaluated on all the important competencies involved in the profession. Right. They, what we would give them is an A plus for the entire degree. That's awesome. But in other institutions, they would have <laughs> they like, F- they would have an F, they would have an F average one. and they wouldn't graduate. <laughs> right. But the point of our system, which is much more logical, is it doesn't matter what grades you got along the way. It only matters where you end up at the yeah. end of the program. Right. Are you competent to practice at the end of the program? Right. You can get all, and the reverse is true as well. You can get all A's, uh-huh. and in your last quarter, like somehow, like you lose all that knowledge or it didn't integrate well or something. And in the last few quarters, you demonstrate you really have no idea what you're doing. There's something wrong with your personality. Right. You don't respond well to feedback. And now you're getting all Fs. Well, according to that model, they graduate with like a 3.8. Yeah. But according to our model, it's like you're kicked out of the program. Right. We won't let you graduate because in your last few quarters, you're not demonstrating that you know what you're doing. Interesting. This is very much more, not exactly, but it's almost like a, a Japanese kind of apprenticeship thing where, you know, it doesn't matter how well or poorly you did during, during the 10 years that you were learning as a rookie how to cut that rice into the sushi molds and things. It matters when I put that sushi roll into my mouth 15 years later, did I like it? <laughs> it doesn't matter how well you paint the fence. It matters how well you do the crane. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I was just watching clips of that the other day. So just a side note, I was telling my students, uh, as I was trying to tell an analogy, which you can imagine how wonderful that goes over. <laughs> I was giving an analogy about, um, so a, a student of mine was talking about a client she was working with. And the gestalt of it was, 
I was assessing that the client was actually testing her to see if she's trustworthy mm. through various different transference methods that are usually subconscious. It's very the more attachment injured and relationally traumatized you are as a client, the more testing you'll do to other relationships, particularly therapists, to see like, are you can you be trusted? Can oh, I really trust you? And and they don't go about it the normal way, which is just kind of to see how things develop. But they'll actually like right away start kind of perturb- like what kind of thing? They might say something like, um, they might get angry at you. They might be like, I don't understand what you're doing here. What are oh. you doing here? Like how explain to me why you're what are you doing or they'll or they'll say your outfit looks funny or they might even fall in love with you as a test they'll be like so i want to have sex with you and this is all subconscious but if you don't pass the test then their worst fears are realized and they terminate because they're just like well this person but if you pass the test and you actually demonstrate that you could that you're a stable force that you know what you're doing that you're not going to blur boundaries and all these other kind of things then it the therapy relationship becomes much more healing. It it, it graduates to another level of un, of understanding for both people, because it, it's been tried. You know, what I mean? it's sort of like what some people will do in the soap operas. They will send their best friend to their husband or something and try to seduce him. Oh, right. <laughs> and then if he passes, then it's like, oh, okay. Well, I can trust him. It's right. it's a, it's a it's a similar subconscious thing. So anyway, I was telling her, I was like, they're testing you. It's like in Kung Fu. And I said, have you, are you old enough to have seen Kung Fu? And she's like, no. And I'm like, well, what happened was is the teacher uh, had a, he was blind and he had a pebble in his hand and he put it out and he asked young David Carradine or the, the character who played young David Carradine, who incidentally is entirely white playing an Asian man, but we'll get over that one. And he says, when you snatch the pebble from my hand, then you'll be ready. And they keep showing these flashback scenes where the little boy is trying to snatch the pebble from the hand. And then at some point she, she goes, Oh no, no. I, and she totally changed the subject and she says, okay, I think I know what's happening. And then she, you know, she ignored my dumb anecdote. Well, after class, she emails me and she's like, oh, by the way, I'm sorry for interrupting you about the Kung Fu thing. Uh, can you please explain that to me? Because I'm sorry I interrupted you. And, I'm, and I was like, oh, my God, do not worry about interrupting me about some <laughs> stupid thing from my childhood that I'm inserting uh, into your, you know, very expensive class. That so, And I was like, well, actually... Okay, fine. I'll explain it. And so I explained it. And then I provided the YouTube video. <laughs> and then I said, it's actually similar to this other video, which is in Karate Kid, where uh, Mr. Miyagi is trying to catch the fly. And then, uh, you know, little, what's his face, Vince or whatever his name is, sits down and uh, instantly catches the fly. Daniel-san. <laughs> and then Mr. Miyagi stands up and, begin a luck. He says. <laughs> and then, and then. There's also in the Karate Kid reboot with Jackie Chan and a young Jada Jada Smith or whatever that kid's name is. Yeah, Jaden Jaden Smith. Jaden Smith. Yeah. Yeah. But I think his mother's last name's in there somewhere. Okay. Pinkett. Pinkett. Jada. Jada. Jaden, Jada, Jada, Jada. Pinkett. No, Jada Smith. is the mom. Oh. So it's like Jaden Pinkett Smith. Oh, I don't know. Why, we're butchering everything. Okay. But. Number two. <laughs> number two mistake. Okay. We're we're not to ten yet, people. Um. And, you know. <laughs> and there was a similar scene where he, he walks in and he sees Jackie Chan trying to catch a fly. 
Anyway, yeah. so I sent all three of those videos. God knows. But it's like, funny, though, because in all those movies and in Rocky and in a lot, actually pretty much in the hero's journey, uh, most often you have a lot of failure, a lot of Fs, but you finally get that A-plus towards the end of your classes, and that's enough for you to graduate. Right. Graduate that system. Yeah. But if you did it on a great system, right. you wouldn't graduate. No. Okay, so... Anyway, getting back to the original thing here, what does it tell us about our society? Um, it, it tells us, I can't remember what you said. I said two things. I said that one, um, there is really no great ways, even for DNA and all this things, for us to know what actually happens right. when we're not there watching it. And two, everyone on the other hand has very, very, very strong opinions about what did happen right. in spite of that. So... This illuminates a cognitive bias for us to be sure of things that we really cannot be sure of because we don't like uncertainty. It also illuminates problems with our justice system. I mean, there was seemingly a lot of police misconduct during this thing. I mean, even if Adnan did it, it's pretty clear, especially from the HBO doc, that these police officers were cutting a lot of corners and doing a lot of real shady things to beef up their case against Adnan. And it's like... If you're true, the one of the big points of the documentary is like, look, if you really want to find the killer, why aren't you investigating all these other leads? You, right. did, you didn't even look into them because you were sure that someone did it. Yeah. And I think that our, you know, when I hear them sort of make their arguments, I was like, yeah, it's become such a part of our culture now that prosecutors will target someone, uh, you know, investigators will target someone. When in reality, which is totally makes sense to me, but somehow is lost to me because of the way our culture has moved and maybe the way police operate, is like investigators should be investigating. Right. They should just be curious. Like, well, we have some evidence of Adnan, but, you know, who knows? Let's look into all these other people. Let's let's actually try to figure out the answer to this question rather than trying to convict someone. Right. It's, It's a totally different, you know, prime directive, right? You know, one prime direct, especially when you pressure the police to produce as many prosecutions as and convictions as possible, right? Instead of rewarding police and prosecutors for nuanced understanding and right. proper procedure, they don't get rewarded for that. They get rewarded for data. How met? How? What are the crime rates in their neighborhood? Yeah. How many prosecutions do they have? Right. And you know, then you get stuff like this because I'm guessing that police officers, investigators, didn't enter the field going, "Haha, I'm going to frame people." No, no. You know, they probably wanted to find the bad guys, but when you put pressure on them, they, they just don't want to spend 20 years on one case that never finishes. Especially they if their bosses are giving them raises or yeah. accolades for something else. Right. Another thing it illuminates about our society is, you know, is maybe racism because one of the questions is like, you know. Did the police have a bias against Muslims? And was that a factor? Because Donnie was this blonde, blue-eyed kid. Yeah. And Adnan obviously is... is but the other guy was a, was a black guy. Right. But... And uh, this was pre-9-11. And they talk about this in documentary, which I think is good for us to remember, that pre-9-11, it wasn't like we loved Muslims in our society. No, fair enough. But I'm just saying we definitely... we Not me, but... Society definitely did not like black people. Right. And, well, anyway, so another thing that it brought up for me watching the documentary in particular was that actually Stacy asked this question as we were watching it was, is it okay that her journal was shared with the public? What do you think? Yeah, that's, I mean, that is sad because 
think about the most personal thing to you, right? And you lost all control over that, but only because you were viciously murdered. Yeah. That seems a horrible violation. Yeah. And it's... There's but no, maybe you, as a, if you were dead, maybe you would want people to read it so they could understand more. But that should be your choice. Right. And it's one thing for them to kind of summarize kind of gestalts from the diary, but it's another thing for them to read passages directly. And show. They, yeah. In the documentary, they show right, the pages. Right. That is just too much. I mean, I guess. I don't know. It's just hard to know because on one level, it's like, well, she's dead. She, she doesn't care. Um, on another level, it's like, well, maybe the family agreed to it, and if the family agreed to it, maybe not. I don't know. It it it's just a question that I have. Yeah. Uh, if if it was me, I guess I would actually want people to read it, as long as it didn't make me look like a piece of shit. <laughs> it's just that you you got the say in it. Yeah. It's the fact that she didn't get a say in it. Yeah. I mean, that's the sad thing is that she's dead. You know, yeah. that's the main the main tragedy. Another illumination is that memory is weird, and really no one's talking about this in either the documentary or the podcast. Frankly, I think, because for the producers of these documentaries and podcasts to say, look, all of these people's accounts could be wrong, yeah, because memory has been demonstrated by science to be extremely squishy. And When was that? What? That they demonstrated that? <laughs> is that they... Um, it would ruin the entertainment value because as you're watching it and listening to it, you'd be like, well, all these people could just be convinced of things that they've convinced themselves of. Right. And who, what's to know anything? You know, it's much more interesting if you have people that know what happened and their memory is reliable and maybe some people are lying in, but maybe some people are telling the truth. You know, it's a totally less entertaining story to be like, they all likely don't really remember what happened yeah. at, by this point. There are, I'm sure you have these too. There are memories from my life that I remember pretty vividly. And when I've been sharing them with friends that were there, that we kind of were together in the memory, uh, oftentimes either one them or me correct the other person on some very important detail. Like, uh, no, that was Dave's car, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. And then you're like, wait, oh, really? Right. So bigger events are not likely to become distorted. Like the fact that you are in a car crash, for example, right. is not likely to be made up in your brain. But some details are li like if you had a video camera Right. A, uh, account of that, you'd be like, oh, I actually don't remember that. Or I remember that like a little bit different. Right. The, the thing that is, now there's nothing wrong with having unreliable memory or questioning certain things. But the problem again is that we as humans have a cognitive bias to believe our changed memories to be true. So one of the things that they'll do in the lab is they'll show a video of a car crash and, you know, it'll be a big moment. And then, you know, a little bit later, they'll ask people, what color was the car? Yeah. White. <laughs> and, and, the, and, the, and this is actually interesting to investigators when they're interrogating people. They'll say, uh, when the red car hit the blue car, even though both the cars were black, yeah. when the red car hit the blue car, how long did it take before this happened? You know, people will be like, oh, well, I guess it took like three seconds. And then they'd be like, so was the car red? So you prime the person yeah. earlier, and then you say, was the car red? They're like, yep, the car was red. And then they ask, how confident are you that the car was red? They're like, oh, 100%. And 
and right. and it's like the and you show the video back to them and it's like no it was black and they're like that's a different video <laughs> they're like oh my god like i could have swore that the car was red it's like no we planted that in your head yeah so imagine so that's just a a tiny little video imagine living your life yeah. and then having to remember things that happened weeks years prior right and it, it, again there's nothing wrong with being like well this is what I remember, but I'm not sure. But that's not what we do. What we say is, this is what I remember, and I'm 100% sure. Yep. <laughs> and they actually show this in the documentary with Jen and her other friend. I can't remember her name. When they were sure that Adnan and Jay came to her house that day, and then they, they show this they sort of an expose. They like spring this document on her and say, actually, you had class that afternoon. <laughs> and she's like, whoa, wait a second. I didn't I don't I didn't normally skip that class. I must yeah. have been in class. And they're like, "Well, what do you think now?" And the woman's like, "Well, jeez. Now I'm not so sure." Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> so, a tiny little element, this tiny little detail. Right. Cuz she could have been like, "Well, I must have skipped that class cuz I absolutely remember being there." Right. That's not what she said. What she said was, "Well, maybe maybe I have it wrong." Yeah. So she was totally sure she gets this little bit of a detail that wasn't a slam dunk against it. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, everything's in question. Totally. That is something that I think is illuminated by this entire case. Oh, I, I, again, other examples where, uh, f- you know, friends of mine have sworn up and down that another friend was at this event that we were all at. They're like, yeah, of course they were there. And then, no, no, no. And then we talk to that person or we might even have pictures. It's like, they weren't there. Right. <laughs> The last thing that I think this illuminates about our society is that if only all innocent people were given this much attention, there are so many underprivileged people right. who are currently in prison for wrong convictions with terrible counsel who are completely just, you know, forgotten about. Yep. And if you care about this sort of thing, if you truly, if you watch the documentary or the, the podcast and you truly care, if you're truly incensed by... The, the judicial system, there are a few things you can do. If you, instead of just blabbing about it on Twitter, there's actually something you can do, which you can donate money to the Innocence Project, or you can become a lawyer, or if you are a lawyer, you can actually volunteer for the Innocent Project or for different people. Yeah. You can also try to raise awareness about this sort of thing. You can also try to reverse racism and all sorts of terrible things that are happening in our society. There's things that we can actually do besides just railing about this case in, on Twitter. In fact, I would say there's there's probably nothing we can do about this case. There's not there's not a picket that is going to there's not a picket you know demonstration that's going to get Adnan out of jail now. Right. I don't think that the Supreme Court is going to take this case. So if you want to do something about this, actually there are things you can do. Okay. So let's get into the hypotheses here. I got nine. Jeez. What are some of those hypotheses? Bro? I have two hypotheses. Okay. What? <laughs> One of them is Adnan did it and okay. he is a, I won't call him a psychopath, but he is definitely a very, very good liar. And he is sort of like a little, lacks a little empathy or emotion towards his victim. Um, but, and that that's sort of how I felt at the end of the uh, serial podcast. Okay. So this is the prosecution story. There's an internet poll that I saw at rootclaim.com that asked their viewers or their visitors how many of you believed in this theory. 
what percentage do you think it was? Um, well, after the HBO thing or before the HBO thing? I don't know. If it was before the HBO thing, I would say that that was probably 60%. Okay, what about after? Then I would say it was probably 40%. 9%. Only 9% believed he was guilty. Yeah. What? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Okay, that's shocking. It is. But, again, I think there's just something about this story to, yeah. pe- to people when they're given the wow. details. So it's not that they don't believe. <sighs> so this is a different thing than... Then the trial was bad or that the... Right. Right, like he just didn't do it. Right, because there's a benefit to saying, look, I think he might have done it, but the state did not make a good enough case. Right. So technically, he should be let out of jail. Right. Not because I think that's a moral thing, because, but, but because yeah. we need the system... Beyond reasonable doubt. We need the system to work. We yeah. can't just railroad people in right. on shoddy data, you know? Right. So what would be the motive for Adnan to kill Hay? Uh, well, I, I think that from the narrative, it felt that he could maybe have resented her getting over him after being so obsessed and having him be such a big part of his life and uh, may also be jealous. Uh, but that's, you know, basically. Right. So that's the that's the motive. It also... Uh, could have been planned or could have been unplanned. It could have, it could have been planned thing yeah. the way that the prosecution laid out for yeah. a first degree murder charge, but it also could have been a crime of passion. Yeah. Like they could have, as she was going to pick up her cousin from daycare that afternoon on the way to the parking lot or something, she could have ran into him. Right. He could have been like trying to get her back. They get into a fight and he, he, he strangles her to death yeah. or hurts her and then has to strangle her to death or something. So it could have been either one of those things. Okay, what's the evidence for uh, guilty for Adnan? Uh, so again, his his version of the timeline didn't quite check out. I remember in Serial, like, you know, she even tried to time it herself and all these things. Um, and he also... I mean, he didn't really have a good alibi other than he said that, you know, that one girl saw him. But I think in the podcast, he says he doesn't remember talking to Asia after school. Right. Therefore, he doesn't even have a good alibi. Right. So I'm saying other than the fact that that one girl saw him, he doesn't really have an alibi. Right. And that she says he saw him. So without an alibi, with a potential motive being, you know, jealous, rage kind of thing, and that his timeline doesn't match up. Oh, and then there's also the cell phone stuff. Like the... Yeah. And uh, I think that that's probably it. Because they didn't really find, you know, they didn't, they couldn't like prove, yeah, okay, here's the weapon that you used and here's your fingerprints and here's the thing and here's the, you know. Well, you're missing one major piece of evidence for, for him to have done it. What's that? Well, Jay said he did it. That's just, sure, but... That's just a. It doesn't have to convince you, Birdo. It's no, just, I understand, but that, that if if Jay's guilty, he would say that, right? Again, it doesn't have to convince you, but to a jury, they would say you have yeah. a witness that said he did it, and but he wasn't saw there, him, but saw him with the body okay, after you sure, did it. Fair enough, fair enough. Well, uh, again, yeah. no, no, that's, it doesn't that, have to convince you. That's fair, but that's it's, evidence for him to have done it. Okay, I guess, I guess, technically, if I was his lawyer, I'd say like you have a witness that saw him with the body. Yeah. You don't have a witness that saw him kill her. 
<laughs> but fair enough. That uh, is a, again. This yeah. isn't an, this isn't a yeah. discussion of convincing Birdo. It's fair a enough. it's evidence for. So if I was if I was a juror and I had a guy who had no alibi, if you just heard the tagline, "Man has no alibi," and friend said he saw him with the body and helped him bury the body. I'd be like, well, boy, that's a pretty strong case. Yeah. Without knowing any more details, pretty strong case. Right. If you stopped it there, which you shouldn't in a trial, then yes. But I'm just saying that's yeah. that's the ev- again. This is a discussion of of the evidence. It's not right. it's not your emotional Fair reaction enough. to it. Um, it's also quite possible that. But, but by the way, it's not my emotion. It's the credibility of the witness. Sure. It's like Jay's credibility is really suspect. Absolutely. Not that they established that in the trial, but. Um. So evidence against uh, is that Jay is an extremely unreliable uh, person. It's also that he has two alibis, actually, both from his friend Asia, who said Asia said that he that she saw him in the library after school that day and remembers that day in particular because yeah. it was just before they had an ice storm and and they didn't have school the next day. She, or she was very specific about it. Yeah, and like a month later. Wrote an affidavit. Yeah. It wasn't years and years. Right. It wasn't 20 years later. Yeah. Right. And apparently his coach also attested to seeing <gasps> right, him right, right, right. at practice. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, it's all that kind of stuff. Um, there's certainly enough reasonable doubt. Let's just put it yeah. that way. Uh, Jay changed the story all the time. There's also no history of, of violence from him beforehand. I mean, most people who do things like this, there's a pattern and there's usually a buildup to it. Like he, people will make threats. Yeah. Um, like a classic, very classic ramp up to violence and murder of someone like dirty John, for example, right. Is lots of talk. Yeah. People, I'm going to kill him. Yeah. People who end up killing their ex girlfriends, ex-wives, have a track record of verbal threats, of you know, stalking, of, you know, there's, there's a yeah. ramp up to it because people don't usually just jump right to murder. Yeah. They're, they're out of control. They're angry and they're trying to get the person back. They don't usually jump from zero to murder. Yeah. And there's no account of Adnan doing anything along those lines. Plus, if it was going to be anywhere, it was going to be in her journal. Yeah. He did, you know. Yes. Yeah, so why would she held back things like that? It was, she seemed like the sort of journal person who would write. Yeah. So, in fact, side note, her journal sounds probably a lot like my journal in high school <laughs> sounds. There's a lot of sure. similar themes, shall sure. we say. But anyway. You're um, talking about the boys and which ones you like more than the others. And, and boy, did I love Donnie. <laughs> I mean, Donnie was so cute. He was older. He was older. He, he had a job. He, I didn't know he was going to kill me, but. <laughs> and you know what? Adnan was so sweet. He was sweet. So, uh, so that's evidence against it. It, it. it doesn't really fit a profile. Now, can someone suddenly kill someone without any. Yeah. Without like, any noticeable evidence leading up, leading up to it, for sure. Yeah. But and like you said, it could have, it could have been a situation of something went really south during their interaction, and it got physical to a point where that person felt, oh shit, I you know they panic and they don't think and they're like 
I got to kill because now, oh shit. Oh, now I'm killing. Oh, now I really got to kill. Oh. Yeah. In my anecdotal experience hearing different stories of murder, even like 7-Eleven clerks, is that it's often like I'm freaking out. I don't know what to do. And some of those people murder as a, you know, there's a lot of whys in the road. Should I run? Should I kill? Should I intimidate? Oh, fuck. I'll just kill. You know, there's a lot of people that do stuff like that. Who knows? Um, It's also, as we said earlier, the way Adnan talks seems to make him seem innocent because he's so seemingly authentic and off the cuff. Now, he could be a psychopath, which is a thing we haven't really talked about yet. Adnan would fit the profile of that. You know, psychopaths, when you hear Ted Bundy talk, for example, he doesn't really slow down either. Nope. Because he's extremely practiced at lying. Um, Also, uh, you know, the Maryland's, so at at the first trial and Maryland's um, highest court, so evidence for and against, you have the highest court saying, no, there's enough evidence there saying he did it. But you have these other courts saying, no, there's enough evidence saying that there's reasonable doubt. Right. So those are also, you know, pro and con for, for this theory. Um, yeah, so there's all that stuff. Okay. Um, so that's one theory. <laughs> now, many experts actually claim, including my friends who work in law, say that, especially after watching the, or listening to the podcast, they believe that in all likelihood, Adnan did do it. Yeah. One, he had motive. It's a classic motive. He got dumped. Yeah. Two, Jay said he did it when there wouldn't be any reason for Jay to come forward. Now, we'll get into maybe theories as to why Jay would lie and, and you know, pin it on Adnan. But yeah. a lot of people who work in law are like, look, if you just use Occam's razor. Yeah. Um, now, did the police screw things up? Did right. Were there some inconsistencies? Yes. And that's unfortunate because it clouds the Absolutely. situation. And again, that's why even in spite of the crappy defense and the, all that stuff at the end of the serial one i was like yeah it seems like he did it but it's hard to tell but but 40 percent of you was like i don't know maybe he did. Yeah, yeah okay what's another th- hypothesis uh the dude had founder <laughs> right so actually that was not even on the poll that i saw so that was really? under that was under the all-encompassing hypothesis that Hay was killed by someone other than Adnan, Jay, Don, or Roy, which we haven't gotten into Roy Davis. So there are four main people who people think it was Adnan, Jay, Don, or Roy. So what percentage of people do you think thought... Other? Other than Adnan, Jay, Don, or Roy, what percentage? Oh, probably 5%. No, actually, how much did you say was Adnan? Nine. Yeah, 5%. 54%. Wait, what? Okay, this is mind-blowing. More than half people didn't even think any of the main suspects were. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I wonder one, if they do believe it was the person who found her. So <laughs> one of the people, but there's many. There's yeah. like there's like five other people in this category. One of them was Alfonso Sellers, who was the one who found her. Yeah. What's the evidence for of Alfonso Sellers having killed her? He found the body. Right. It, he had a pri- he had priors. So more detail on him finding the body was, and that you see this particularly in the documentary on HBO, is he claims that he was on his, he was leaving work to get a tool from his home, which for some reason is suspicious in in and of itself. I don't know the details. Yeah. What, like the timing is, is odd, right? 
Then he said, and he was drinking in his car. Uh, right, right. <laughs> and then he said, oh, yes, this is a detail, I suppose. But he's, you know, he's under the influence. Then he says he stopped to pee, and even even and apparently people have looked at this and said he was pretty close to his destination. So why and, would he stop to pee? And 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 you don't you wouldn't have had to go that deep into the right. <laughs> so that's <laughs> the other that's the other speculation is like he went really far. You know when they when yeah. they're walking through the woods, you're like, why would you go that far? Yeah. Especially because well anyway, because I think it was at night. Especially if you really have to go because you've been drinking beer. Yeah. And it's at night. Like, you don't have to do that. Right. So, now, having said that, I will say that at times when I've had to pee on the side of the road, I will try to go as far away from it. Because I, I don't want to embarrass. I don't mind if I don't mind being seen, but I just don't want to embarrass somebody else. Yeah, sure. I don't want to concern them with me. You live in a city. <laughs> yeah. So, when I've, you know, been in the country and I have had to do that, I, I usually... It can sometimes take me like ten minutes to find like <laughs> to find a spot that's like sufficiently like. In fact, one time, I did this in Jasper Park, which is next to Banff in Canada. Uh-huh. Beautiful park for my Canadian our Canadian listeners up there. And I and it's desolate. There's hardly anyone out out there. You know, it's sort of like. Have you been to Yellowstone before? No. So it's similar to Yellowstone in in that it's this gigantic park that because you know you think like. Um, uh, what's the one in California with the sequoias and everything? Well, there's Sequoia National Park, but then there's the um, where where the big El, wall, El Capitan, Capitan is yeah. Yosemite. Yosemite. That place is crawling with people because oh. it's it's small enough that, or Grand Canyon, for example, right. like the main areas of Grand Canyon. It, there's there's crowds of people. You go to Jasper and certain parts of Banff and Yellowstone. And you'll just be the only people out there. Yeah. And anyway, so I'm in Jasper and I, I there's no place to go to the bathroom. So I'm like, I got a piece. So I pull <laughs> over and I'm trying to find a place sufficiently far enough away from the woods. And so I, I do my business. And you found a body. Um, which, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is, I, you know, I tend to just spray it everywhere. No, just joking. Um, I go pee and then I, I'm walking back to the car and I turn around and I see a bear sniffing my pee. Shut up! Yeah. Oh my god. That's how well. That's how far I went yeah, in, yeah. into the woods. You but know? that's scary as hell. Yeah. And then wow. a little bit up the road, I saw a bear eating. You know, I see a bear, and I'm like, oh. So I slow down, and the bear is eating. Every, so dandelions. Were, there was a field of grass, and there was all these dandelions, uh-huh. and it was just the the yellow portion of the dandelions. Yeah. They, they hadn't gone to seed yet. Right. This this bear was eating every single top oh. <laughs> of the flower, like just chomp, chomp, <laughs> chomp. Like just they can only digest that part. I don't know. <laughs> That's anyway, funny. So back to Alfonso Sellers. So on some level, it it's very suspicious that he went that far in yeah. and just randomly came across the exact right. spot. On the other hand, I can almost kind of see it too because it's like well. I, I could imagine myself trying to go deeper into the woods. Because the other thing, the evidence against, is that if he was the killer, why would he want to draw the police to that location? Right. I mean, if Alfonso Sellers killed her, he'd be like, this is a perfect crime. No one's going that far into the into the woods. She's just going to decompose. Yeah. And if they do find her 10 years from now, it'd be better for me because the evidence will be more yeah. decomposed. 
So why would he tell the police? Yeah, it does, it, that part makes no sense. Yeah. <laughs> but when they first introduced him... He's hostile. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> He's a total dick in court. Yeah. You know? Do you remember the day of January 13th? She's like, no, I don't remember no, that day. do you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I drink your milk. <laughs> and evidence for also is he failed his polygraph test. Yep. Evidence against is polygraph tests. <laughs> well, not only do they suck, they're ridiculous. They, they're not... Science has demonstrated polygraphs mean nothing. And I want to emphasize that to people. Science has demonstrated polygraph tests do not detect lies. There is no way for us currently with our technology for, to, for us to detect lies, not only with technology, but for other humans. Don't they use them, though, to like uh, wear the, the person down, be like, yeah. hey, you failed your test? Right. That's right. absolutely... In fact, they did this in... What was I watching where they actually showed this? That dude, the guy, the husband who killed the mom and the, ba- and the two girls uh, Oh, I don't know. But no, it was, a, it was okay. like a fictional show oh, of some I kind. Okay. But essentially what they do is they give the... Maybe it was the Americans. I'm not sure. Anyway, they give you a polygraph test and then because the the prosecutors, the investigators know that it's bullshit. Right. And so at some point, they're, they know to say, you know, there's some inconsistencies with your story. Right. And that's when they're hoping that you'll freak that, out. What, 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 I, what, what I meant to say was... Yeah. They'll, they'll, they're hoping you'll freak out and yeah. actually tell the truth. If you just stick to your story, then they're like, oh, well... He must be telling the truth then. Yeah. You know, so the polygraph test, yeah, it's not, not demonstrating. Because think about this. Like, if you, uh, so the, the idea goes is that when you lie, you have a physiological response to it. Right. A, a, specifically, a stress response, because you're worried you're going to get caught in a lie. You know, if I just ask you, what's your name? You're like, oh, Umbera Castaneda. You know, it doesn't stress you out to answer that right. question. But if I ask you, you know, and you want to lie about it, which I actually can't imagine you lying about anything because you're so honest. But if, say, you stole a hundred bucks from my wallet earlier today, I, I didn't. And I was like, "Did you steal a hundred bucks from my wallet?" You'd be like, "Shit, I don't want him to know." Right. Oh God, am I going to get in trouble? You know, your heart rate gets right. a little faster. You're you start to sweat a little bit more. Right. There's like these tiny little physiological responses that. Well, imagine if you're totally cool with the fact that you stole a hundred bucks. Right. And you're just, and you're also really good at relaxing your body right. and just saying, no, I didn't steal it. No. Like everyone right now, do a lie in your head and pay attention to your body to make sure you don't freak out. Just be like, no, I didn't, I didn't kill her. Well, and I think we've all unfortunately had experience with people that can look you straight in the eye and without missing a beat, absolutely lie. Right. And move on, and and if you bring up the counter evidence, they dismiss it, and they don't care, and they move on, and it's over. Right, and this is demonstrated by science. They'll actually uh, get test subjects to go into professional polygraph people, and they'll instruct them to either tell the truth or lie. And the polygraph people have no ability to differentiate between those people. The other thing is, is that imagine if you're Afonso Sellers, and you didn't kill her. And all you did was do a good deed for society by actually finding the body and pointing right. the police to it. You, you feel like you're, a, you're the good guy in this story. 
and the police drag you, you know, the police right. start implicating you. They start investigating you and you're like, shit, the police think I did it. And then they drag you into a polygraph. Well, do you think you'll get a little stressed out? <laughs> yeah. Do you think your heart rate's going to go up a little bit? Hell yes. When they ask you, did you kill her? Well, especially like I, I could imagine myself in that situation and me getting so incensed by the question that my blood pressure shoots through the roof, my heart rate goes up. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, what? No. <laughs> yeah. And I would also be like, try to keep my body in check because I know that's what they're looking for, which would also stress me out. Yeah, you know, right, it's, right, right. It's like, of course, there's no way to measure this. <laughs> and, you know, as a side note, there's no way for humans to detect lies in other people as well. There's, oh, that's there, a lie. There's, there's ways to <laughs> make educated guesses, but if someone's really good at lying... And there's just no way to know. What's another hypothesis as to who? I, I think, sorry, what you just said is important. A lot of people are actually not good at lying, especially kids, you know? Yeah. So it is actually fairly easy to be like, uh, dude, come on, is that real? Right. But people that are good at lying, it, it is impossible to tell. Well, and <laughs> if you are someone particularly of a certain age, you're not a kid, yeah. and you have sufficient reasons to lie. Like, right. I would imagine most... Most people in their, you know, when they're dating are asked certain questions that they'd rather not answer. Right. Like, how many partners have you had? Right. Or do you have a venereal disease? <laughs> or funny, venereal have disease. you ever had a, a you know, disease? There's, there's just a lot of right. what a lot of people would tend to lie about. And if you're, if you're okay with lying about certain things, it's, it's not going to be easy to detect that. Right. So anyway, what, what's another hypothesis about having said that people never lie about VDs, that it's there's nothing shameful about having uh, a, a STI. Majority of Americans have currently have an STI yeah. or at you're some point saying, have one. You're not saying people never lie about VDs. You're saying people never lie about VDs. That's what you're saying. What I'm saying is, yeah, people, please don't lie. Yeah. One, two, in a parallel effort we need to stop stigmatizing it yeah it none of us lie about having the flu right that's all it is it's flu of the crotch <laughs> it's like, is something wrong with you <clears throat> nothing <clears throat> don't worry about it I, i've never had the flu never I, had the flu why I've, would you say that i've never had i've never had what are you talking about well that it's just a bacteria or a virus that is not transmitted through sneezing and and doorknobs right. it's just transmitted through you know grinding through and icky sinful sex <laughs> <laughs> Okay, what's another? Who else may have killed Hay? Well, Donnie boy, right? That's where my money's at. What evidence did the poll say about Donnie? Oh, the, really? This is your top. This is your top. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I'd say that even back in serial, I was like, I, I, I even though I kind of believed, yeah, it's probably and I was really suspicious about this Donnie guy. What percentage of the poll do you think? Uh, I oh, geez, the fifty-four percent, blah blah. Uh, twenty percent, five percent. Oh, so it's even lower than Adnan. Okay. Yeah. So what's the evidence for and against? Uh, okay, so this guy's older. Oh, well, okay, that's not evidence for, but... And I, I just want to point out, he wasn't that much older. He was like 22 or something? Yeah. I mean, that's not that's not At that, that age, that's a big deal, though. I, I, for some, but I, I don't, you know, we did a whole episode about age difference in relationships. And I'm, after really contemplating it, I, I just think... You know, at a certain age, we need to like really question our shaming of such things. I, I, I get it. I just remember like the difference between boys in junior or like junior boys in in high school 
and 22-year-olds with licenses to drink and drive and stuff. It's well, she was 18. <laughs> yeah. No, that's fair. That's fair. Okay. So you're right. The difference is not that big. Um, now, I'm not saying he wasn't a creep and he wasn't a predator, but there's no evidence okay, of that. So, so motive... It'd be, it'd be like a senior dating a freshman. Sure. Potential, yeah, absolutely. So I, I strike that from the record. Potential motives. Or sorry, potential evidence. He had potential motives uh, because they were dating, right? That was her current boyfriend. And that is actually a very common story is like the, the significant other, unfortunately, kills. Uh, number one. Number two... Now... As in general, that's evidence for, but we don't have any specific evidence pointing towards Donnie being upset. It's all speculation. Well, but to be fair, I don't think we have that for anyone. Right, but that's the point. Is like, right? It's like we just have the police never really investigated Donnie. Fair enough. So we don't. We just don't know. And there's nothing in her journal that says, "Ooh, Donnie's getting upset because I've been talking about Adnan sometimes." Yeah, that's you know? fair. Um, I, I guess the other thing is that he. Uh, he didn't really have an alibi either. Right. Well, he did have an alibi in that the the records show that he was at work, but there's speculation that the mother may right. have doctored Sorry. that. Yeah, right. So he had he had something that looked like an alibi, but it's questionable. Right. And he... Well, okay, maybe that's the main stuff. <laughs> but he did also... Didn't he also not... Um, well, no, I don't, I don't think that that counts. So mostly it's that he's the boyfriend and he, and he has a questionable alibi. Yeah. But I'll tell you why I think he did it. What? This guy is, I mean, he's, he gives me the creeps. Why? He seems like a psychopath to me. Why? Because his demeanor, the way he seemed to react about the whole thing. What do you mean? When did you hear him talk? Well, the pictures. <laughs> and yeah. the way that they describe them. Yes. So you have no way of knowing. I have very little way of knowing almost anything about this. Yeah. But, 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 the, but you illuminate our earlier point, which is yeah. that people want to believe, they see what they want to believe. Yes, yes. And especially with the HBO doc, I think, because I found myself doing this emotionally, they would play that music and then they'd show Donnie and they'd start, yeah, they'd start, that's what I'm they'd start <laughs> making the case for Donnie and be like, yeah. fuck, Donnie did it. And then I'd be like, wait a second, Kirk because I often speak to myself in third person, <laughs> I'll be like, what evidence did Donnie do it? Uh, I mean, well, so, I, so imagine, so imagine yeah. you're Donnie and you didn't do it, which seems actually pretty likely that he didn't do it. Because yeah. there's really, it's like, again, no buildup, no indication. Uh, why would he do it? Um, so it's possible, of course, but it's, it's just as... Anyway, so um, imagine if Donnie didn't do it, and then your girlfriend dies is is found yeah. in the woods right. and you're like oh my god i'm going to be suspect number 1 yeah you know what i was just at home playing video games yeah um hey mom uh could do you think we could like you, you know Jeez, you know i didn't dude. do it do you think i could like let's 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 doctor this thing up so that we i can mean, really make sure you're playing with fire at that point well that's what i'm but you could see a young 22 year old man and a mother who's scared for the, the the son, like doing something like that. Also, it's also possible he was working that day. <laughs> like, I, it's just so funny how it's like hard evidence, like a timestamp. Everyone's like, "Well, you know, you could a doctor." It's like, yeah, but at that point, it's like everything could be a lie. Then you know, and and for sure, it could have been a lie. But anyway, it, there's not a lot of strong evidence that he did. It's possible that I, he did for sure. I hear you. And so my bias is that I feel like I've seen. 
I've met his archetype before. <laughs> Speaking of archetypes. And I am like, my little spidey sense goes off. <laughs> well, I remember all you have is the dissonant music playing while they're showing his classically creepy face in the back of that row from that work picture that they have of him. Fair enough. <laughs> and you just have nothing. And uh, they did talk about him a little bit, and they said that he seems to be claiming he has a terminal illness. Yeah. And all he wants to do is work as hard as he can at his job, because now he's like, you know, 42 years old or something, and he wants to work hard at his job so that he can leave money behind for his for his wife and family. Yeah. And he's and he also, they have like a, a spy cam looking at him. He looks like he's... You know, Not three three hundred fifty pounds or yeah. something. You know, uh, anyway. that's fair. So, what's the who, what's the other hypothesis? Um, uh, the other friend, the the witness, <laughs> what's his name? Yeah, exactly. What percentage on this poll said? Well, Jay? then I'll say ten percent. Point one. Wow. So Adnan is actually technically still the highest, other than someone else, right? <laughs> so, what's the evidence for and against? I mean, he, of all of them, I know I just said that, okay, unfairly, and now I feel I feel so terrible. This is the episode where I feel terrible about my life choices. That's my purpose. Okay. Uh, I actually think he was the, the sketchiest of them all. Well, admittedly, he was sketchy. I mean, he would, I think, even admit that. All of his close friends said back then he was extremely sketchy. Yeah. Like, he was described as, quote-unquote, the criminal element of their community. Yeah. He had several priors. Yeah. One of his best friends was saying, Jay will lie about anything if, yeah. it, if it benefits him. Right. And so, yeah. So that's why... So that's, but that's but a, since they that, didn't investigate him, really, I don't have evidence. I just know that, dude, he seems like a liar. He seems like he framed his friend. Right. So it, it's totally a, a, you know, a hypothesis that, that could have been true. But it's weird that Adnan never came out throatily, well, aggressively against him. So there's a number of scenarios worth laying out. Yeah. One is is that they both conspired to kill Hay. Yeah, because that's another like another one. They they both woke. You know, they both like a week yeah. before said, "Let's kill Hay for some unknown reason." They could have done it because Adnan wanted to kill her because she because of jealousy. They could have. This is all just splatter at the wall speculation. The other speculation is that uh, she, Hey, Heyman Lee had discovered Jay cheating on his girlfriend, Stephanie, and Jay wanted to get rid of her. And Adnan was like, well, I want to get rid of her too. It's also possible that Heyman Lee found out Jay was dealing drugs and was going to tell someone, which I find to be very suspect. But wasn't there a call from uh, Adnan to Jay around that time frame? Um, I don't know. Okay, so maybe I'm misremembering, but I feel like one of my working theories was that uh, Adnan did do it, but it wasn't like a premeditated thing. But then he got help from Jay. But then Jay sure as hell didn't want anything to do with it once this started coming out and then basically just threw him under the bus. Right. And Adnan never fired back. Right. Because so one series of events is like it was a crime of passion. And, and this is laid out in the podcast really well is Adnan was like, okay, which, who do I know that's sketchy enough right. to, to help me with this, who could kind of give me some advice yeah, and yeah. some support? Well, I can't tell all my clean-cut friends, well, Jay is pretty sketchy, so yeah. I'll call him. So he calls Jay, and Jay is, is like kind of scared, you know, because people are like, well, if Jay was innocent, why would he just 
go along with this. Imagine your friend pulls up in front of your house and says, I have a dead body in the back of my car. <laughs> and you're already, you already have priors. Right. You'd be like, um, okay, how do we get this to go away? Plus, how do I know you're not going to kill me? Right, right, right. Like you're a murderer. Yeah. How do you, that's the thing like people just don't understand is like how scary situations can be when you're just isolated and you don't have anyone right. to talk to. And you'll just react. So you can imagine Jay going along with it and then like sitting down a couple of days later and going like, what the hell did I just do? Like now I can get in trouble. This is fucking bullshit. Like, no, I'm going to nip this in the bud. Plus I'm worried Adnan's going to kill me because he he killed Hay and I'm the only one who knows he killed Hay. He's probably going to kill me too. I'm going to go to the cops. I'm scared of this guy. So that, that could have happened. Um, so, so yeah, there's a number of different, the, the other scenario is that Jay could have killed Hay himself or with other people and then framed Adnan by borrowing his car and his cell phone. So she could have died. We don't, we have no idea when she, well, she, we knew she had to have died. Well, yeah, wait a second. So it's possible that he, he killed Hay on the 13th. And then on a different day, he borrowed the car and the cell phone. No, that doesn't work either. Anyway, it, it all gets kind of messed right, up. Right, but. Right. So now, evidence for and against, you know, we really don't have any evidence for Jay killing Hay. We don't right. really have a, we have total speculation. That's on what motive. I'm saying. It's like, because that, that never really got investigated. We, it all sounds pretty sketchy, but the, the only evidence related to him is him saying he saw Adnan. <laughs> right. And if he did kill Hay... And by himself or even with the help of other people, why would he go to the cops? He'd just be like, I know nothing about this. Exactly. Because there wasn't any evidence linking him to it. Right. There wasn't any DNA or any... Unless he's uh, he's like trying to play chess and being like, well, maybe if I proactively go, it actually looks right. good. Right. But, you know, could be Jay. Yeah. Who knows? In the documentary, they lay out this hypothesis that these drug dealers were uh, working with... Jay, like they wanted to kill Hay for some reason. Yeah. And then Jay was terrified of these drug dealers because Jay was like a lower level drug dealer. Right, right. And there could have been scarier drug dealers who killed Hay and then they they instructed Jay pin it on Adnan. Pin it on Adnan. Or who do you they might have even gone to Jay and like who do you know who you could pin this right. on? Well, her ex boyfriend. You know. It could be that if that were the case, it could be that Adnan wouldn't want to say anything because he could get killed in jail or something. Right. Oh, right. So that's the other scenario is that so uh, Jay and, and Adnan, it all laid out the way that it did. And then at some point, Jay, because he's more flaky, he's just like, well, I'm going to throw out. So Adnan and Jay are like, okay, we're never going to tell anyone about this, right. right? And then Jay, a few days later, is just like, fuck this shit. Like, I'm going to throw him under the bus. Right. Jay goes to the police and goes, so I know something happened, but you have to promise me that you're not going right. to let me off the hook, which is exactly what happened, by yeah. the way, in several instances they show in the documentary. Um, and I will, I will give you this case on a platter. I will tell you exactly who did it, how they did it, and everything. Right. How do you feel about that? And then the police go, okay. And then they go, come back in a few days, and we'll actually record this conversation. Right. He comes in a few days later. They coach him for three hours, and then they press record. Which, by the way, why did they have to wait? They had to get some like legal things in order, probably. Who knows? 40-hour work week? I don't know. That seems so like, you know what I mean? Like, okay, I know who's about to blow up the thing. Oh, okay, cool. Come back on Monday. It's Friday afternoon. Yeah. Well, (laughs) you know, these guys are at work. Yeah. It's not like, you know, the movies where they're on duty 24-7. They, they, you know, they got They're not at the library looking up uh, 
Tales of Can- or Canterbury Tales at Saturday at midnight. <laughs> yeah. So then Jay, upon learning this, or sorry, Adnan, upon learning, wait, Jay just went to the cops and told it. Right. And then Adnan could be like, well, no one's going to believe that sketchy guy. Right. That's so, one option. So I'm just going to stick with my story, which right. is, I didn't do it. I don't know what you're right. talking about. And I'll probably get off because Jay, everyone knows he's a liar. So. Or he could be afraid. Yeah, or he, or right, or Adnan could be afraid of of, of either Jay or his contacts in jail or whatever. Right. Uh, what's right. another hypothesis? Who killed Hay? Um, so we got Adnan. Someone that we don't know. Well, that was part of the other, but it's someone we don't know. So, but the fourth person who is oh, who was the fourth? Roy Davis. Oh, right, 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 right. So, yes. what percentage do you think Roy Davis killed? Well, based on what you've said so far, two percent, thirty-one percent. Oh. Oh, my God, I've been wrong on everything. Oh, my God. So do you know much about Roy Davis? Uh, I guess I've forgotten more. <laughs> so Roy Davis, a few months before, I think this actually came from Reddit. I think a Reddit person really? actually pieced this together. So a few months before. Wait, was this in the HBO thing? Barely. Okay, because I'm like, I remember the name and, and I, I guess some of it, but I don't fully remember. Not much, if okay. at all. So Roy Davis, a few months before Hay, Hay's body was found in the woods, so this is a couple of months before she was killed, uh-huh. the body of another 18-year-old Wood, <gasps> Woodlawn High School student, right. uh, Jada Lambert, was found in a this. different park in the woods near a stream, just like Hay was found. Right. Roy Davis's DNA was found on Jada's body, and both Hay and Jada were strangled. So in the same right, right, two- right. or three-month yeah. period— you have two young girls from the same high school yep. who were strangled to death and buried in the woods right. next to a stream. They were both last seen driving their cars and both probably drove past Liberty Road before disappearing, which is where Roy lived at the time. Yeah. So now that's pretty circumstantial evidence. But, but man. <laughs> yeah. And the fact that he wasn't investigated is another kind that of... That is crazy. Now I remember this. That is... Oh, man. I'm going to have to vary my... Uh, I'm going to leave poor Donnie alone now, and I'm going to switch to Team Roy. Right. So so Donnie, it's like pretty pretty limited evidence, yeah. right? But but in, in, And this is what the defense team is trying to say, or the pro team Adnan is saying, is look, there's clearly enough here to say yeah. that... We need another trial because there's so many other things that could have happened. Yeah. And there's not enough evidence here. I forgot all that Roy stuff, dude. That is kind of crazy. Now, but there was a, a detail, wasn't it? Because she did mention this in, in the serial. Well, one, again, it's total circumstantial evidence. There's, there's, no, there's nothing linking Roy right. to her. Plus, there's no evidence that Heyman Lee was, was raped. Right, that was part of it. So, yeah, it, when you see a rape murder, right, then it's more likely a stranger, right? When you see a young woman just, just being murdered, it's more likely an ex or a current, you know, like it's interesting. So, but the other right. thing was was the autopsy didn't say she wasn't raped. They just said oh, they didn't find evidence of I rape. See. So you can certainly be raped and not have any not trauma, have especially show up a month later Shoot, on autopsy. Dude. So, you know. This, oh, man. So who else? So we, we've, we've got to. So those are the named people, right? 
Well, so with the drug dealers, we have, uh, I think, six different, and there's three more. Oh, geez. I don't know all those people. <laughs> so another person that's similar to Roy Davis is Ronald Lee. So the evidence that Ronald Lee did it was he was a rapist who was released, released from prison two weeks before Hay disappeared. Okay. And there's DNA evidence that found that he raped and killed a woman by strangulation in her apartment that year, a young Asian-American woman okay. in this community. He was arrested again 11 months later uh, for rape in a different rape. So, And he killed himself seven years later from that. I don't know if he was ever in prison from all that stuff. But um, So this is another kind of uh, oh, Roy Davis scenario where it's like you have another criminal who fits the profile 10% for him. I, they, they didn't oh, ask they specifically didn't ask about him that. on the poll. I saw, um, now again, there's no evidence that Hay was raped, but there's right. no evidence that she wasn't raped too. The other thing is, is that Ronald Lee was a brutal rapist. Yeah. He, with one victim, he was any victim. He victimized so many different people, but with one victim, he used a cattle prod with one woman. Oh. So, if there, so if if any rapist was going to leave marks oh. behind, um, the other thing is is that Ronald Lee, when he killed people, women, he wouldn't bury them; he just left them where he found them. You know, right. so doesn't really fit that profile. But you know, you never know. Another, the last two hypotheses is that, and this is shocking that this was even on the internet, but it's out there, is that Hayes' family or Adnan's family killed her. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> That's dumb. <laughs> That the motive being that you know they didn't want these kids to be in relationships. Oh, uh, okay. Well, okay. Actually, so the sad truth is if if she actually was um, if she was from certain parts of the world uh, and they were probably living there, yeah, she could get burned alive for stuff like that. Yeah, honor killing. Yep. And then the ninth hypothesis is that some other random person killed her. Yeah, that, that, that was the other one I was saying was that he could literally have been another serial killer who's not caught or some other weird thing. Yeah. Right. Oh, there was one detail that I forgot to mention for evidence for. Maybe it was Ronald Davis. Um, one, of, one of these fellas worked at a... Um, at a uh, or no, it was Afonso. Afonso did. Alfonso worked at a construction place at the time, and that diamond impression that they found on her shoulder yeah. fits the description of a concrete machine at Alfonso Sellers' no way. work. So he could have killed her and then you know, disposed of the body temporarily at work yeah. in some machine, and then later brought her to the woods, buried her, and then a month later claim to have found her body. Yeah. Which oh. is a really bizarre story, of course. But Very bizarre. But, you know, just to add more reasonable doubt to the whole situation. And so, the diamond impression didn't look like a prod? No. it okay. Didn't you see that from the documentary? Yeah, I guess so. I just don't know what a... I guess it's not burnt, so it doesn't... Yeah. No, it was... The idea is, is that when you die, your blood settles. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. And... Um, yeah, that's quite different than a. Than so a burn. after <laughs> going over this, Berto, percentage wise, Adnan did it, didn't do it. Oh, geez, man. Well, no, actually, uh, I stand, I stand by my assessment that post HBO and then post this, I, I will reaffirm that I no longer am 
uh, as convinced. And I wasn't that convinced, but as I said, I was probably, if you had asked me at the time, I probably would have been 60-40. I think I've definitely swayed the other way. I would probably even go further. So I, I'm going to say 70, 70% he's innocent. Okay. Therefore, they should have done another trial. I do believe they should have done another trial. Yeah. I, I think that the highest court in Maryland did a very typical thing, which is a, an unspoken rule among the justice system to uphold their own even when right. they sort of know they did something wrong. Yeah. It's sort of like in some police uh, and, and judicial systems when there's an unlawful shooting of a, a perp, a yeah. suspect, and a killing, that you'll just see it. You'll just see these... Uh, you'll just see the system kick in and yeah. they, they say all the right things and They'll they never, err on that side. They never say, look, we're, we're just trying to uphold the integrity of our system. We're not really going to look at the evidence here. No. Um, and I, I think that's what happened because the other two courts, very respectable other appellate courts were like, no. In fact, right. you know, in the HBO documentary, the Rabia, the woman who's advocating for Adnan, recounts what she read in the opinion yeah. by the judge, which was very long. And it was very articulate. It's, you know, it laid out exactly what the documentary was laying out. It was like, right. when you look at this, when you look at that, that those things alone yeah. would justify a new trial, let alone all the other inconsistencies. Yeah. So let's go for it. But the higher up in courts you go, and maybe the more conservative and older people you get to... Right the more likely you're going to see. And the more that these things feel like numbers to them, you know, it's like, well, that's just another, another number in a jail cell. Yeah. So yeah, it's tragic if it's not real, but whatever. I shouldn't say older, honestly, I should just say different point of view. And I feel like our society is changing this way. I feel like, um, we are heading in a direction where, uh, more progressive judges are being appointed. Right. And are, thinking well let's let's really think about this and but they haven't risen high enough maybe <laughs> no some have there there are cases you know to be a judge in an appellate court that's pretty high sure. office so but not maryland uh not supreme court high right yeah right but we have people in our supreme court right now in the, right. the federal supreme court who absolutely would agree with what we're saying right, right. now right. and people don't but Anyway, so what's the final word about Adnan and Heyman Lee? <sighs> retry, retry. But don't, let's all stop. I'm, I promise to stop speculating. Leave the family alone. Don't publish more journal. But retry, retry. Probably not going to happen, right? Yeah. I mean, the only, uh, the only option that I can see is the Supreme Court. Yeah. Of the federal Supreme Court. Right. And it, you know, that's a tough ask. Trump likes Muslim, right? Like he could maybe. <laughs> yeah. So... My final word is, it's a tragedy what happened to Heyman Lee. If Adnan is innocent, it's, a, it's also a tragedy. If he's not innocent, it's not a tragedy <laughs> that he went to prison. It's probably, if we really understood the story, because there's just so many options, that I would have something to say about how our society is letting people down. If it was Adnan that did it, how did we as a society let him down by not helping him through whatever pain he was going through? Right. If it was a random rapist who has a compulsion around that, how did we as a society let him down? And hey, obviously, 
by not really honestly trying to look at people like this and say, hey, let's talk about it. We're not going to shame you. We're not going to you know, put a scarlet letter on you. Right. Let's, let's try to help you out here. Let's, let's see what we can do. Somehow we did, as a society, we're, not, we're letting people down. I mean, I w- I'm not going to say that we could have prevented it, but we could definitely put a dent in a lot of these incidents if we focused on things other than what we tend to focus on, which is catch the evil person and put him in prison. Well, that does it for that episode of Psychology in Seattle. Thanks for joining me out there. Please take care of yourself because you deserve it. Mm-hmm.